Time for some Side Hustle Q&A. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where aspiring part-time entrepreneurs learn how to turn their side hustle dreams into reality. Because your 9 to 5 may make you a living, but your 5 to 9 makes you alive. And now, your host, Nick Loper. Hey everybody, Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, coming at you with a special Friday Q&A edition. Wanted to go over some questions that have been coming into my inbox and into uh, Facebook over the last couple weeks. And I don't know, maybe this will turn into a regular thing. Before I get into it, I want to share a couple inbox tweaks that actually gave rise to this episode. So I use Gmail like a lot of people do, and I created a tag um, or a label called questions, just because as people would ask me questions, I finally have and now a system of organizing those questions and it's just a label called uh, called questions. Very original, right? And actually this comes from uh, Scott Britton. I first heard this idea from, he's like, you, what you, if you do nothing else, create a Google Doc with the questions that people ask you. You have a constant database. You'll know what products to create. You'll know, you know what people perceive you to be an expert in. And, uh, and this is great. But I, so I started doing that and after like three rows, I was like, dude, this is a huge pain. I do not want to keep keep this document up because uh, it was just uh, really time consuming to do. So instead, uh, just tagging those conversations as um, as questions in Gmail, whether or not I have time to reply, and I always have something to refer back to, and that's where a lot of these questions come from today. I also created another label uh, called testimonials. So if people say thank you, hey, I learned so much from this podcast episode, great, I'll flag that as a testimonial in case I need to use that later. So great for bloggers, podcasters, anybody, even if you're uh, just you know getting started, people are asking you questions, like that's a fantastic way to kind of document those. And over time, you may start to see some patterns of what people are asking you about. Now, uh, I wanted to share one tool that I'm kind of in love with right now, and it's a clipboard management tool, and it's for PC. So Apple people, Mac people, I'm not 100% sure if this will work for you, although I'm sure there are equivalent software programs. Totally free software called ClipX. And what it does is allows me to save up to 25 different things on my clipboard at any one time. And I didn't understand why this would be valuable until I started using it. And now it's like I'm copying and pasting different things into emails or, or specifically like in blog posts, like pasting different links and, um, you know, episode show notes and email templates and stuff. Really, really useful tool. ClipX is, uh, is what's called. I'll link that up in the show notes for sure. And I want to share one other uh, note that I got before we get into uh, the Q&A. And this one actually comes... Um, Actually, uh, thank you to Tim Johnson, uh, who did we did an episode uh, this spring on his uh, children's self-publishing stuff. Um, he, he's got a really cool side hustle where he writes children's books, uh, dual language children's books, and he recommended that tool, ClipX. So thank you, Tim, for that. And I got a note from uh, my buddy Sean Marshall, who was also on the podcast earlier this year talking about how to build a, a lifestyle business. And he, he and his family were off in Cozumel, Mexico. They were living the dream, right? And he got kind of a critical response from one of his email subscribers. He said, hey, Family Rocket Ship, which is his website, is just another vehicle for you to make money off of people's dissatisfaction with their, with their lives. And I was like, that's pretty harsh. <laughs> that's a pretty harsh statement because you could, you could say that to describe literally every product or service ever, right? Like if, if you didn't think that this product or service would make your life better or make you happier or make you more satisfied, 
you wouldn't buy it. So that that's like I was I was kind of blown away that somebody was so bitter that he would and he he's one of the most genuine and most honest and and you know one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. So I was like, hey, I'm making money off your dissatisfaction. You know what? So is Apple. So is Nike. So is Starbucks. So is everybody. So you know, don't don't sweat it. Hey, let that person unsubscribe. Keep doing your thing. Go about your business. Um, so questions at Periscope, people, feel free to chime in with questions too. I'll, uh, I'll see if I can answer in, <laughs> not Starbucks. Starbucks and the killer red cups, right? Uh, Clip X is like Evernote uh, web clipper. I'm not so sure. I'm, uh, I'm embarrassed to admit I'm not an Evernote user, so I'm not sure about that. That was a Periscope uh, chat coming in. So first question I have is uh, from Alex Ganadinic, actually a, a, a two-time podcast guest, two-time side hustle show guest. He says, hey, do you think it's okay to charge $2.99 for a Kindle book that only has 5,500 words? And I said, my initial reaction is, hey, no, you know, if the value's there, it doesn't matter what you charge. Like, if people are going to get more than $2.99 worth of value out of your book, no problem at all. The risk is, on Amazon, there's a perception that a book is going to have some some meat to it. And 5,500 words is not a lot. People are going to sit there and read that in, in 20 minutes or half an hour, and they might feel a little bit shortchanged and say, hey, that's, not a, that's not a book. I paid for a book. So you are more than welcome to go about that, but I would be hesitant to publish um, any kind of nonfiction book less than 15,000 words. So just as a as a example, like the blog post this week on, you know, should... Should um, young professionals get uh, an MBA or should they uh, start a business? Like that post had over 7,000 words. And so that's more than the book that he was trying to sell for two ninety nine, and just putting it out there for free. So absolutely okay to do that. Just a risk uh, you run. You may, you may find yourself getting some negative review. Shop my closet. What is going on? Good to see you. Uh, question number two comes from my friend Candice over at Young Yet Wise. And she asks, hey, how did you create your autoresponder sequence for email subscribers. And so I want to start off by saying, hey, for the first eight or nine months, I had no autoresponder at all. People would sign up and then they would just get the next message that they would receive is just the first broadcast message. And there was there was nothing between that. So every week was sending, every Thursday, sending the broadcast uh, newsletter message and that was all that they would receive. But after a while someone had pointed out like, hey, you've got a lot of great content in your archives and people who are new to the site may never be exposed to that unless you expose it, expose it to them through your autoresponder. So that's kind of what I set up uh, to do. That ran for about a year, a year and a half, and then kind of started to tweak with that a little bit, both in the terms of the message frequency and in what the order of the messages and the content of what those messages were. Because in uh, in Aweber, at least, you can get some data on, you know, what messages have the best open rates, what messages have the best, uh, or what messages have a disproportionate number of unsubscribes. Like, hey, that one really did not resonate with people. And you kind of look at it from a data-driven approach to say, okay, where where do I want people to go? And the, the point of my autoresponder has a couple, I guess, a couple goals of it. The first one is to get people to reply. Like, that's a very simple one. And my theory there is if people reply, if people start a conversation, that's going to signal to the email service providers, hey, this shouldn't go to the promotions tab. This shouldn't go to the spam tab. This should go to the inbox because, hey, people are engaged with this. It's a conversation. Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. 
It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts, and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes, T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A. ANDS.com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, and the second uh, point is just, hey, you know, strengthen that relationship, build, um, you know, hopefully deliver some some valuable content and have people uh, have people get some value from it. So um, it's a it's a constant work in progress and it's, uh, you know, always in, in motion. So it, what may be, what may be in the autoresponder today may not be in there tomorrow. So uh, Periscope people. Hey, Leilani, what's going on? If uh, if you guys have any questions, feel free to to join in. I'll see if I can get to those um as, as I'm going. But question number three comes from Martin over at Studenomics. And he's just asking, because uh, he's starting a podcast, he's like, hey, how much time are you spending on podcasting these days? And the truth is, probably still takes me three or four episodes, or three, sorry, three or four hours uh, to put an episode together. And I'm um, doing it generally once a week. So it's not a huge, huge time investment, but that includes kind of the, the scheduling and prep I know a lot of interviewers will say, don't, don't prepare anything at all. You want to be surprised when your guest says something. It's like, I kind of want to have an idea of where I want the conversation to go because I want to have an idea of what the audience is going to get out of this. So that's kind of where I'm, um, where I'm aiming to go with, uh, with that prep. Uh, it includes recording time, editing time, uh, show notes, and creating the episode-specific lead magnet, which I actually do have some help for. Tracy is awesome in putting those together, but still some time to set it up with lead pages and get it all going there. On the editing side, I've kind of gone through different fits and spurts. At the beginning uh, of the show, was trying to edit it quite a bit, and it took a lot of time. So I was like, and then people were like, it's fine, it's a podcast. People say, um, it's, it's not the end of the world. Um, <laughs> speaking of... And then 
later, kind of towards the middle, you just let it roll, roll the tape. It'll be fine. And then lately, have been editing a little bit more heavily to try and get closer to that half an hour sweet spot, that 30 minute sweet spot. And edit, edit a little bit for content too, to create just a little bit of a tighter episode. And have been inspired by some of the other shows where it's you know very tight editing and that kind of stuff doesn't go unnoticed and so I've, i appreciated that as a listener and so i've been spending some more time editing these days in uh, in doing that so probably three to four hours uh, an episode on the podcast but it's still the highlight of my week i love doing the show so no uh, no plans to change there question number four comes from Margot. she asks hey can i find out the ip addresses of the visits to my SlideShare presentations because one of them has spiked in views from zero to 1,796 views in a couple months, and I'm worried that my project has been copied without my permission. So, Margot, I don't think there is a way to find out the IP addresses of your SlideShare visits, and honestly, I think you are worrying about the wrong thing here. If somebody is viewing your presentation, that's fantastic. I would spend my time worrying instead about how to convert those uh, 1,800 views into customers' ears. So, uh, you know, if somebody rips up, somebody's always going to rip off your stuff. Like, but there's no, based on what you're telling me, there's no evidence to uh, to suggest that uh, that has happened here. Uh, question number five uh, comes from Elise from feinternational.com. She asks, um, feinternational.com is a business broker site, kind of from what I can tell, kind of a higher end uh, of Empire Flippers. Now, uh, the answer that I gave uh, Elise was uh, that the most effective way uh, that I've seen to grow a niche site is to create content that's worth sharing. And and I say this because I've built my share of crappy anonymous sites on topics that I knew nothing about. And not surprisingly, they didn't go anywhere. And it's only when I've really doubled down and built something that I've been proud to stand behind and inside my name to have those things kind of taken off. And that means, you know, going the extra mile, writing the in-depth case study type posts, doing the killer roundup posts like the, like the MBA post earlier, you know, reaching out to do expert interviews, shooting videos, like doing the investment in, in design and just in overall thinking of the project as a brand, as a standalone brand and a business rather than just a niche site. At least that's where that's where I've had the most success in growing uh, in growing niche sites. So, now uh, question number six comes uh, from uh, my friend Ryan or subscriber named Ryan. He says, "Hey, when I publish a new podcast, it shows up in the podcast category, but it shows up in the blog articles." And he's like, "Hey, I've searched Google. I can't figure out how to keep it out of the blog. Uh, you know, the blog archive." And so Ryan, there's uh, there are some plugins where you can exclude categories from your feed, um, and I think one of the plugins is actually called Category Feed Excluder or something like that. Um, or you can hire a developer to do this for you. The risk in doing the plugin route is that it's probably also going to suppress those podcast posts from your RSS feed. So people who are subscribed to your site on Feedly are not going to see those either, which could be detrimental to you. Now, one thing I do want to bring up is if you go to sidehustlenation.com slash blog, you'll find the podcast posts in there. And that is intentional because I want people to be exposed to the podcast episodes. So there's there's maybe some benefits in that double exposure because I think there's there's a ton of value in doing the podcast. And 
you know, trying to, to giving them a little bit extra, giving them a boost, giving them a double exposure uh, on your site. I wouldn't worry too much about duplicate content or anything like that. It could be a good way to uh, to go about and, and get more listeners that way. And finally, uh, number seven, Lee in LA, she says, hey, I need to fix my website to grab the attention of potential clients. I need to use, I need to use my credibility um, on my site to get more paying clients. And the advice I gave to her was, hey, you know, instead, she was just starting out. And so instead of fixing your site, I would probably spend that time, you know, hunting down customers. So she mentioned she had a kind of a, a, a list of hot leads uh, that were kind of on the fence. It's like, hey, you know, I would go out and reach back out to those customers and see if you could close the deal rather than spending uh, spending time on the website. In fact, this came up in a mastermind conversation a couple months ago where one of the members was like, I just want to finish my website. And um, one of our other members was like, that's a entrepreneur move. I was like, man, that's a little bit harsh, but um, there, there's probably some truth to that because, hey, you know, until you have customers, you know, the website really doesn't matter. I think it's a, it can be a great calling card, but perhaps not necessarily the uh, the top priority at this point. So guys, thanks so much for tuning in. Maybe this will turn into a regular segment, depending on if you like it. Let me know in the comments, sidehustlenation.com slash 44, oh, sorry, slash 144. And, uh, and feel free to submit your questions, um, email, Facebook, all that jazz, Periscope if you're watching live, and we'll, uh, maybe we'll do this again sometime. Thanks so much, and hustle on. Thanks for listening to the Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com.